Good morning, brothers and sisters. It's good to be with you today. The household of God. Doesn't that just sound good? Being the house of the Lord. Sounds good. I'm ready to hear more about Jesus. Are you ready? Are you ready to hear more about Jesus? Are you ready to receive what Jesus has to offer? You know, you have to be ready to hear more about Jesus. Not everybody can just hear more about Jesus. Have you taken up your cross? Are you following after him? Do you prefer him over everything, anything, or anyone else in the world? Have you denied yourself and forsaken all to follow him? Then rejoice. He's able to teach you this morning. You're ready to hear about him. You're ready to receive from him. And I would like to announce that this message is for all who are ready to receive from Jesus. We can confess that the excellent knowledge of Christ is worth forsaking all for. Today, I want to look at this wonderfully blessed experience that we commonly share in Christ, that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. As he declared in the book of Matthew... And the close of the 11th chapter, he said, All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And there's really a lot to unpack in that text. The more you mature in the faith, you'll find this. That the more you mature in the faith, the more you will find that the words of Christ are absolutely saturated in truth. They're like concentrated, salient, pungent, potent statements. It's like concentrated truth. Well, Jesus is the truth. This shouldn't surprise us. I want to focus on this aspect. You could write many sermons just on this little discourse that Christ gave. But I want to focus on this aspect today that that his yoke, this yoke that Christ talks about. What's he talking about here when he says, my yoke? What's Jesus talking about? And it's pretty important that we know this because he just got done saying that rest for the heavy laden is found in this yoke. Rest for your soul is found in this yoke. So what is a yoke? Well, uh, definitively speaking, if you want to look at a dictionary, a yoke is a bar or a frame by which two working animals, such as oxen, are joined at the heads or necks together for work. It's not a harness for a single animal, but designed for multiple animals to work in tandem for a particular service for the master. That's something to see there. Now, like anything, a dictionary definition is only going to go so far. It's always best to ask the question, what saith the scriptures? What does God say about the word yoke for our consideration? Was this the first time that it was ever mentioned in the scripture? 
The word yoke is mentioned 58 times in the King James Bible. 50 times from Genesis to Malachi, but only 8 times from Matthew to Revelation. It's used to denote a binding to a service, such as when Isaac told Esau, Thou shalt serve thy brother, and it shall come to pass when thou shalt have the dominion, that thou shalt break his yoke from off thy neck. Genesis 27:40. Or when God told Israel, I am the Lord your God, which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt, that ye should not be their bondmen, and I have broken the bands of your yoke. See, the yoke was tied to service. In other words, God removed the thing that constrained them to the service of another. And the red heifer, remember the red heifer for the purification offering that Brother David went over a few weeks ago. It had to be one in which was never yoked. The red heifer for the purification offering could never be yoked. That is, it, it could never be used in service other than for the purification offering. That's the thing to see there. The prophet Jeremiah spoke of the yoke of the king of Babylon, that the people were to put their neck under. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have put a yoke of iron upon the neck of all these nations that they may serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and they shall serve him because see, because of the yoke. I want you to see how the spirit uses this word yoke and a yoke. You are joined to the service of another. It's 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 a joining. It's a constraining. No one in a yoke is free to do their own will, you see, but but the will of the master, you're constrained towards servitude. And here's the thing. All of us are in a yoke. All mankind is in a yoke of some sort. Everyone everywhere is in some kind of yoke, which means that everybody's a servant. Yes. All are servants, servants to something. We're talking today about the easy yoke and the light burden of Christ in, con in contrast to the hard and burdensome yokes that are out there. Mm -hmm. Now, mankind by nature is under a yoke of bondage because of sin. In other words, it's why people commit sin. It affects what people do. You commit sin. See, people commit sin because they're the servant of sin. Jesus plainly said, whoever committed sin is the servant of sin. That's why they commit sin. And here's a, in the book of Lamentations, it says, the yoke of my transgressions. Isn't that an interesting phrase? The yoke of my transgressions is bound by his hand. They are wreathed and come upon my neck. He hath made my strength to fall. The Lord hath delivered me into their hands from whom I am not able to rise up. It's a yoke of bondage. See, this is the lament of all sinful people when their eyes are finally opened to their condition. When a person, when a person actually sees their condition, that they're by nature enslaved to sin, that's their lament. Sin and transgression causes a person to serve sin. 
And, and no person is able to get out of this in their own power. Why? Because as long as the sin remains, the bondage remains. See, the, the, the sin is the yoke. Well, then what hope is there, seeing that all have sinned? There are some who think that by, by following a list of rules or a method that you can break this yoke. See, they're, they're sadly mistaken. A person cannot live godly and righteously in this world under a law or a routine or a system. If God's holy law could not make men righteous, and we have a record, then what makes people think that man's law or programs can do any better? Yeah. Trying to serve God under law only adds to the restlessness and bondage. Serving God becomes tedious, monotonous, lifeless, joyless, increasingly difficult. This is because, the, see, the flesh cannot serve God. It's contrary to God. The carnal mind is enmity with God. It's not subject to the law of God. Neither can it be. It's bondage. It, the flesh can't be trained to love God. It's in bondage to sin. Amen. See, this, this is why recovery programs, religious routines, worldly workshops, and institutionalized approaches to godly living, they, this is why they utterly fail. Amen. It's because the flesh can't serve God. We can't deliver ourselves from this yoke. God had to deliver us from it. This is a yoke that God himself had to break. And praise God, that's exactly what he did. Yes. And the prophets testified of it. For it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off thy neck, and I will burst thy bonds, and strangers shall no more serve themselves of him. See, the Lord did it. And they shall be safe in their land, and they shall know that I am the Lord when I have broken the bonds of the yoke and delivered them out of the hand of those that served themselves of them. Ezekiel prophesied. For now I will break his yoke from off thee and will burst thy bonds in sunder, the prophet Nahum. And how did he break that yoke? He had to break that sin. He had to put away that sin. And in order to break that sin, he had to break his son. He had to take the one who had never been in bondage to sin, like that red heifer that had never been yoked, and put our sin on him. And the red wrath of God was satisfied. And the devil was defeated. And the yoke was broken, and the bonds were burst in sunder, and the freedom was declared, and there was an availability, and there was another yoke. Today I'm talking about Christ's yoke. His yoke is easy, and his burden is light. Only Jesus can deliver men from this yoke of bondage. He's the only one who can do it, and he's willing to do it. See, he is meek and lowly. He's approachable. You can approach Christ. He doesn't say, come unto me, and I'll do the best I can. No. He says, come unto me, and I will give you rest. Amen. And to those who have forsaken all, 
to sit at the feet of Jesus for this rest will be given a yoke to take upon. And the rest is in the yoke. He doesn't say, take my yoke upon you and you might find rest for your souls if you try really hard. It's not what it says. He says, take my yoke upon you and you shall find rest for your souls. If you haven't found the rest, you haven't been in the yoke. See, that's the trouble. If a person hasn't found rest, that's the trouble. They're not in the yoke. Jesus says, you shall find rest for your souls. That is, if you are living by faith and have set out to do the will of God, trusting in Jesus, leaning the whole weight of your soul upon Jesus, what he did, abiding in Jesus, you'll actually be able to do the will of God. And not only that, you'll find fulfillment, satisfaction, completeness, joy, inner peace, and a profound liberty in this yoke. We are, see, we're partakers in this yoke. We're joined to the Lord in this yoke. See, in this yoke, you'll be able to confess with Christ, my meat. This is what Christ said. He said, my meat, what sustains me, what really satisfies me is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. See, the yoke of bondage pulled the person to to do the the will of sin, right? The the yoke of bondage pulled a person away from God. That was the tug. But see, Jesus' yoke pulls a person towards God. Yes. See, it's, it's easy following God in this yoke because it's towards God. Spiritual life is intended by God to be lived out in the yoke with Christ Jesus. When a person gets in the yoke with Christ, they labor with Jesus himself and not by their own merits. They realize that Jesus has done the work in regard to making us righteous before God. They realize that Jesus is the dispenser of grace, that Jesus is the help in the time of need, that Jesus is everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness, that Jesus is where the mercy is found in, that Jesus is the bread of life, that Jesus is the living water. See, this is uh, these things are found in the yoke Mm -hmm. with Christ. Amen. I've heard our brother Gibbons say this many times before, but this is worth repeating. There was a large ox plowing in a field, and a flea was sitting on top of his horn. And as they were plowing, an eagle flew over, and he happened to spot that little flea sitting on the horn of that ox. So he flew down, and he asked the flea, what are you doing? To which the flea replied, we are plowing. Now see, he was in the yoke. And that, that's a picture of us in the yoke with Christ. You see how much, see how that, that yoke, kind of a yoke situation would be easy? Now, when we say this, though, when we say that Jesus, that his yoke is easy and his burden is light, he doesn't mean that the Christian life is lived on a rosy, pillowy bed of ease. As if once a Christian, you will never encounter any sort of difficulty whatsoever. On the contrary, 
Those who get in the yoke with Christ will also find that there is suffering in that yoke as well. Jesus himself said, if they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. The disciples were told, we must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of God. Paul said, all that will live godly in Jesus Christ shall suffer persecution. See, we are partakers of the sufferings of Christ as well. See, there, there is a burden in this yoke. Jesus did say, my burden is light. See, there is a burden in this yoke, but it's a light burden. Yeah. The, see, the, and it's this way because of this reason. The suffering we partake of is offset by the good hope, by the everlasting consolation and good hope that we partake of as well. Things that once proved grueling and difficult do now not appear to be the same with the glory that we're looking forward to. See, this is how the Apostle Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul, let me give you a rundown of what he went through here. A person who was given 39 lashes five times, beaten with rods three times, stoned once. Most people die when they're stoned. Shipwrecked three times, destitute, cold, naked, hungry, sleep deprived, abandoned, cast down. This is what this brother endured. But yet this is this is how he was able to say this for our light affliction which is but for a moment, worketh a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. See, he was in the yoke with Jesus Christ. That's how he was able to say that, because Jesus' yoke is easy and his burden is light. Amen. This is how Paul could say of, of those who had faith. He said, for you had compassion of me in my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods took joyfully the spoiling of your goods. See, they were in the yoke with Jesus. We're partakers. We're partakers of the affliction of the gospel. It can manifest itself physically, or it can grieve your spirit. Like when you share the truth with somebody and they just flat out reject it. No, nobody likes to see somebody reject the, the good things that God has to offer for them. But see, that's part of this affliction. But yet it's a light and momentary Amen. affliction. And I can tell you by experience, it's far more rewarding to suffer with Christ than to be without God and without hope in the world. Amen. That kind of disparity is a heavy burden to bear. You can cast, in this yoke, you can cast your care upon the Lord. Do you have a care? Do you have a care this morning? Cast it upon the Lord. See, you might not be able to deal with it, but God can deal with it. And he, and he's, he said, cast your care upon me, for I care for you. See, we really can be anxious for nothing. Jesus said, be anxious for nothing. Does anybody really think that he said, be anxious for nothing, and then left us to our own devices to somehow figure that out by ourselves? That's a heavy burden. Jesus' yoke is easy and his burden is light. Cast your care upon the Lord. Also, another thing to see is that when you get in the yoke of Christ, you will find not only the ability to do the work, 
but that the yoke is easy. It's that the work is enjoyable. It's a, it's satisfying. It's satiating. There's a, there's a sense of fulfillment and a sense of completeness and a, and a sense of ownership and of purpose. So when the scripture says things like, be ye kind one to another and tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. See, that doesn't like grade against your soul. That's not like a grievous burden to be borne. As we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Is that like really difficult? Do you find that that's just, that's just a hard thing to do? See, when, when you're walking in the Spirit and you're living by faith, you'll find yourself predisposed to these things, naturally given to these things. Why? You're in the yoke with Christ, and it's an easy yoke, and it's not a grievous burden to serve God. What God said to do doesn't chafe against who you really are. See, haven't you found these things to be so by experience? Can't you look at your own testimony in Christ and find that to be so? See, we're, he's not a hard taskmaster because we're like him. We're becoming like him. We're being transformed from glory to glory, even into his own, his very own image. So when God hates sin, we hate sin. And when he tells us to hate sin, we already hate sin. It's, it's an easy burden. This is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. The New Living Translation says it this way. Loving God means keeping his commandments and his, command, his commandments are not burdensome. What does that mean? It means a person can't love God unless they're in the yoke with Jesus Christ. See, can't, can't you see the necessity of Christ? Now that Christ has set you free and you have this liberty to love the Lord God with all your heart and all your mind and all your strength, what's the exhortation? Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. Don't do it. Don't put anything in your life that's going to usurp Christ. Don't get out of the yoke with Christ. Don't let anybody tell you that you need anything else other than Jesus Christ. Amen. You don't belong to a specific church. You don't need to be circumcised or set aside a certain day of the week or perform any other work unto the, to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. See, the apostles, they, they upbraided certain Jews that taught the people that unless they were circumcised after the manner of Moses, that they couldn't be saved. Peter told them, now, therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we, we were able to bear? Tempting God. Lean upon the Savior and forsake everything else, and, and you'll want to do what he tells you to do. You'll want to do it. If he says, get baptized, you'll want to get baptized. You won't want to argue with it. You'll want to do it. See, today, if you're trying to be accepted by God, realize that it's by believing on him. Yes. And the work that he has done 
It's the work that Christ did is the reason why you're accepted. We're not, we're not, we're not seeking to be accepted by our own works. We rest in the finished works of Christ. We taste of his goodness. We ponder his words. We think upon the great salvation that God has brought to men through him. And you set your gaze on Christ and you'll find that living unto God is what you desire. Because you're in this yoke that's pulling you towards God. Amen. We, are, we are partakers together with Christ. We're, we're employed by God to do his will. But see, we're joined to the Lord, but we're also joined to one another. We're, we're joined to one another. We're actually yoke fellows. We're in the yoke together with them, which means that not only is your burden easy and light, but you can also... Come under, come alongside the brethren, and you can help to bear their burdens too. You can, you can assist your brethren in this good fight of faith. Now, now that you know this, why would anybody want to be unequally yoked? You see, the the world is in the yoke of bondage. They're walking this way, and the believer is walking this way towards God. What? What fellowship has light with darkness? Amen. Don't let people who aren't in the yoke affect what you do. Stay in the... Because, see, if, if you come alongside a person that's in a different yoke, that means you're going to have to take that yoke of Christ off. Mm-hmm. I pray that this message has brought you all joy and comfort as we have realized together this marvelous benefit that Jesus Christ, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And I'm thankful that God has opened up this new and living way. It, it's, it's, a, it's a refreshing and it's a wonderful. And don't let anybody take that from you. Amen. A yoke is made for joining things together for a service. A tandem joint employing two together for a purpose. And every one is inside one, whether or not they know it. And it's proven by the things they do. Their works do surely show it. The yoke of our transgression that sinful man is in binds the one who carries it to servitude of sin. And when the sinner is awoke, he finds himself inside this yoke and finds no strength and finds no hope and finds its power can't be broke. And if there's no way to be let loose, then there's no hope and there's no use. But yet we choose and there's no excuse and we all shall be judged by God's own truth. We need a way to break the yoke or we all are doomed as God has spoke. We need a way to cleanse our sin and to break that yoke to do it again. And there's a way that God declared a way that he before prepared to break that yoke and bonds asunder so sin no longer you'll be under. And it's not a rule or law we follow or a dead routine or creed so hollow. We follow the Son. It's a person who calls. Come unto me for the rest for your souls. Come unto me, all who are weary, who are tired and restless and hopeless and dreary, who are burdened and tired and ready to give up while you're dragging the dearth. 
the son says, come up. All who are burdened with trying to be accepted, God has provided in his son. Now be subjected. Take his yoke upon you now. And in it you will find this hope and joy and peace and rest and renewing of the mind. Where sufferings are all offset by a hope that lies ahead. Where the work of God is pleasant and not something that we dread. Where we're constrained and satisfied to live for God with holy lust. Where Jesus did the work, abide, and in it you do trust. Amen. Amen.